the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. What if they had a prophetic where you should jump off a bridge? Are you going to do that too? So, and by the way, it's for your strength and comfort and encouragement. So you should know right off the bat, jumping off a bridge is not a prophetic word. But you know what I'm saying to you, okay? If somebody says to you, thus says the Lord, and God has not already been dealing with you about that, you need to just wait on that. Because prophetic words should confirm what God has been showing you, not to direct you into, you know, this whole new path for your life. It should be confirmation. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through 1 Corinthians. It may seem ridiculous to imagine jumping off of a bridge at the direction of someone who claims to be a prophet, but there have been many sad cases of people bringing harm and even death to themselves under false prophets. Even if the consequences aren't so extreme, there are those who will claim to have a word from God for you, but the spirit driving them is not from God at all. As Pastor Gary warns in today's message, if it doesn't align with Scripture and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, it is not true prophecy. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as he continues his message, Gifts of the Spirit. Part two. Someone who might have the gift of miracles, as we see in Scripture, would be someone who perhaps cast out demons. Uh, we see in the New Testament, as well as the Old, um, some who uh, had the ability uh, to be a vessel that God used to raise the dead. Anything that is accomplished uh, outside of human methods or means that cannot be attributed to natural or human methods or means would be potentially something of a miraculous power. We have to be wise. There are different kinds of power uh, in our world today. Some are not to be attributed to God. There is demonic and evil power. We have to be wise and discerning to know the difference. Nevertheless, God lists this as one of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the question becomes, you know, does this gift exist today? And again, I would say that all of the gifts exist because you can't make the argument that they ended at the end of the apostolic age. That said, I don't personally know anyone who has uh, the gift of miraculous powers. That isn't to say somebody doesn't exist out there. But let me tell you why this gift is going to be particularly rare. Because this is one of those gifts that 
if you have the ability, because God gives you the ability to pray over certain situations or to be a vessel where there is miraculous power that happens through your life, it's going to be hard for you not to prostitute it. Now, what I mean by that is it's going to be very hard to have that gift and to be completely dead to self because there's just enough of our own flesh that it's going to be hard to operate with this gift and not use it for personal selfish purposes and not to, you know, want attention drawn to yourself. So, you know, I think that this is going to be, while while I'm not going to dismiss any of these gifts as as having ended, um, I think this is going to be one of the most rare gifts uh, on the planet uh, because of the danger of using this for one's personal benefit. Remember, this was actually something that Satan used in the temptation of Christ. Because here Jesus is, fully God but fully man, able to perform miraculous powers. And what was it that Satan was always testing him with? Why don't you perform your miraculous powers? Why don't don't you turn this bread, uh, this stone into bread? Why don't you just use your miraculous powers? And there's this potential, and Jesus always resisted, you know, he, he he didn't go the way of Satan, obviously, and he resisted the temptation. But that there's this challenge, you see, where Satan, in that example, was trying to use the miraculous powers that Jesus had to, to use them for selfish purposes. Uh, and, and the other danger to this is uh, that, that we might be tempted to take glory for ourselves. Uh, there is the example in Scripture where Peter wisely understood this. And in Acts chapter 3, we see the first miracle of the early church when Peter goes into the temple court area. And remember this story in Acts 3, and there's this man crippled there. And so, and he's begging And this is when Peter says, silver or gold have I not, but such as I have give I unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, pick up your mat and walk. And the man miraculously walked. And then it tells us in Acts 3 that then this huge crowd of people started to come around Peter. Because, you know, you start doing that kind of thing, you're going to attract a crowd. All right? You're either either going to have riot or revival. One or the other is going to happen. But miraculous power starts working. Nobody's going to be silent. And on this crowd started to circulate around Peter, and it tells us in Acts 3.12 that when Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? And it was a mild rebuke. What Peter was saying was, don't look at us. We're just the vessels here. This man did not walk because of our power or our godliness. This is not about us. But you see, he wisely understood that. And I'm not so so sure that there's many of us wise enough to properly be good stewards of miraculous power because the tendency might be for us to get a little puffed up over this. And people coming to us and like, do this and do that. Why, yes, I have the miraculous. Why, yes, I probably, yes. And so because of that... I think it's probably a rare gift, although, again, I don't want to dismiss any of these gifts. Then we move on. After miraculous powers, we also see the gift of prophecy mentioned here in verse 10 to another prophecy. Prophecy is basically to declare or speak something under divine inspiration for the strengthening, encouragement, and comfort of people. And I put in parentheses there, it may be foretelling or forthtelling. Now, I'll distinguish the two in a minute, but first I want you to glance over to chapter 14. Would you turn in your Bibles there to 1 Corinthians chapter 14? And I want you to look at the first five verses with me where Paul writes here about the gift of prophecy and its uh, significance 
in the body of Christ and particularly its edifying aspect. Uh, Here in chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Please note that. Do you know what is commonly touted as the gift that should be most uh, sought after in, in the church today? It's tongues. That's what, you're here, that's what you will hear people say the most. You should have the gift of tongues. Speak the gift of tongues. You know, and that's evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, excuse me. Paul says that the most important gift as far as its function in the body of Christ is the gift of prophecy. He says in verse 2, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. We'll come back to that. Indeed, no one understands him if he speaks in tongues. He utters mysteries with, with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Underline those three words in your Bible. Strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. That's how you can tell if it's really the gift of prophecy. It's not doom and gloom. It's for your strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And verse 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, he doesn't mean greater in terms of you're more significant as a person. He just means greater in terms of its function and purpose within the church. That there's a greater function and purpose for the gift of prophecy than there is the gift of tongues, comparing those two gifts in particular here in the first few verses of chapter 14. Now, prophecy does not have to be future tense. That's how we most think of prophecy. You think of the Old Testament prophets. And by the way, you have both men and women Old Testament prophets. You have uh, some women. Deborah was a prophetess. You have Huldah in the Old Testament who was a prophetess. Then obviously you have prophets, and many times books of the Bible were named after them. Isaiah is a prophet. Jeremiah is a prophet. Ezekiel is a prophet. Daniel is a prophet. You have prophets in the Old Testament. A lot of times... Because the Old Testament was always pointing towards and foreshadowing the New Testament, the New Covenant of Christ, you have a lot of times Old Testament prophets are foretelling. They're talking about future events. They're they're saying things that come into the future. Daniel prophesies things into the future, some of which has not even happened yet, yet to be fulfilled related to the return of Christ. But prophecy is not only foretelling. Prophecy can also be forthtelling. Because prophecy basically is to declare or speak something under divine inspiration. And sometimes God gives a prophetic word that is relevant to the here and now, not some distant future. And to give you an example of how prophecy uh, is shown in Scripture as not necessarily future telling, but forth telling, I'll give you the example just out of Luke twenty-two sixty-four. 64. You don't need to turn there, but here's what happens. In Luke 22, this is when Jesus now is being condemned to die. And part of the journey from the Garden of Gethsemane to the cross was he was taken before the Sanhedrin in the middle of the night. Remember they called this meeting, which was against their own Jewish law. They called their own meeting in the middle of the night. Jesus was betrayed by Judas, taken into custody by the Romans. The Romans take him to the Sanhedrin. And when he's there amongst the Sanhedrin, uh, they they start beating him. Bible talks about how they blindfolded him and they started beating him. And in Luke twenty two sixty four, after they had blindfolded him and were beating him, the Jewish leaders said this. 
It says, they blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy, who hit you? Prophesy, who hit you? Now, they weren't saying, tell us something in the future. They're saying, why don't you use divine inspiration to tell us right now what is happening now to you while you're being blindfolded? Which one of us just hit you? Okay, so prophecy is not just about foretelling. We have to get that out of our heads. And the reason I think this is important to mention is because I believe that a lot of times, and this isn't to put me on a pedestal, just say in general pastors, I think a lot of times when pastors are simply declaring the Word of God, there's prophecy happening. There is the declaration of the Word of God in some divinely inspired way where there is the foretelling of God's Word so that you might receive, in essence, a prophetic understanding, a prophetic word from God based on what He simply and clearly reveals in the pages of Scripture. So it's not always this foretelling stuff. It could just simply be the declaration of God's Word for here and now, for today, right out of Scripture. But by the way, let me just kind of touch a little bit on prophecy and this prophetic gift. If anybody says to you they have a prophetic word for you, okay, we have to, we have to always filter stuff. And I, I, hope, I hope part of what happens when you come here to Cornerstone and you come, you know, week after week, Sundays or Wednesday nights, you know, our desire is to equip you so that the more you're equipped and the more you understand what God's Word says, the more discerning you're going to be about things that are true and things that are not. Because remember, Jesus warns us, especially related to this gift, that there will be false Christs and false prophets. And that we have to be careful about understanding the reality of the potential for false prophetic words. And so, you know, the way that you distinguished, I, I heard one time, I read one time a long time ago, that the way they train experts at Scotland Yards to distinguish a counterfeit, counterfeit money from real money is not to show them the counterfeit money, not to have them study counterfeit money, but to train them in real money. Because the more you're trained to, to have an eye for what is real, the more you can spot what is false. And we need to have an understanding of prophecy that way too. The more you are equipped in your faith and you understand truth and God's Word and you're able to filter everything through God's Word, the more you'll be able to spot something that is false. Hear something that is false. Prophecy should never contradict Scripture, ever. And it should never add to or subtract from Scripture in some way, okay? It should be something that is consistent with Scripture because the Bible should be our handbook that we filter everything through. So it should be consistent with Scripture. And the other thing that's important to recognize is this. If someone says they have a prophetic word for you, it should always be confirmation, never direction. What do I mean by that? As a believer in Christ, you can hear from God too. Now, you may not necessarily have a prophetic gift particular. That may not be a particular gift God has given you. God might give a prophetic gift to someone else. They come to you and they say, I really believe that the Lord has put something on my heart for you. And whatever they share with you, don't just quit your job and move to Montana because that's the prophetic word that they had for you. If God has not already been stirring your heart about Montana, just rebuke them and run, Okay. And I, I, I get so distressed when I hear people say, well, I've, I've done this and I've done that. Well, why did you do that? Because somebody came up to me and they said they had a prophetic word. Wow. 
Really? What if they had a prophetic word you should jump off a bridge? Are you going to do that too? So, and by the way, it's for your strengthening, comfort, and encouragement. So you should know right off the bat, jumping off a bridge is not a prophetic word. But you know what I'm saying to you, okay? If somebody says to you, thus says the Lord, and God has not already been dealing with you about that, you need to just wait on that. Because prophetic words should confirm what God has been showing you, not to direct you into, you know, this whole new path for your life. It should be confirmation, not direction. Now, uh, I've, I've seen and experienced some very wonderful prophetic words, not necessarily for myself, but seen them spoken or given to other people. And you know how you can ultimately test a real prophetic word is if it comes to pass. You know how they tested prophets of the Old Testament? If what they said didn't come to pass, they killed them. That'll deter false prophets, won't it? I mean, I'm not advocating a return to the Old Testament. I'm just simply saying to you that I bet if, if that were still the, the law today, there would be less of these false prophecies. If people knew that if you, if you, if you, do, if you say something wrong, it doesn't happen, we're going to stone you to death, right? That's what they would do in the Old Testament. They would stone people. I don't mean the kind that some of you did in the 80s. I mean the stone stone, right? <laughs> now, I'll give you an example. And these have been rare, but I, I just want you to know that I do believe this because some stuff has happened in my own life. And uh, Terry's here tonight, and she'll remember this story. When we first got married, probably a, a year married, and at the beginning of my ministry, I was a youth pastor to high school teens before pastoring here at Cornerstone. And, uh, and, I, and I saw Lisa Reynolds here, too. You're going to remember the story. You know the story I'm going to tell you because she was there. And there was this concert, this Christian concert that was happening over in Herndon. And Terry and I looked at each other and said, hey, let's go to that concert. I don't even remember what time of the night it was. I don't even remember where it was, but we went. And we were late. And, we, and, we, I, don't, and I think it's because we didn't remember where it was. And so we drove around until we finally got there. And we walk in the back of the room. And, there was this, and she was a Christian um, artist and she was given a concert she was singing um and we walk into the back of the auditorium because we were late and she stops singing now we were we're looking for seats we just we come in the back and we're like where is there a seat oh my gosh it's packed and we couldn't we couldn't find a seat and so we're looking and we at first didn't even realize she had stopped singing because it was back in in uh 88 89 somewhere in that range and so it was you know singing by track music right and so the track music was going but she had stopped singing so we're still hearing music and we're looking for our seats and the whole time we we then eventually hear her saying excuse me excuse me and we look around, and she's pointing at us in the back. And she, and she says to us, you two, I've got two seats right down front. I've been waiting for you two. You need to come down here. What? <laughs> and so we go down, and now the music's all stopped, and everybody's looking at us. And, and we're like, we don't know her. You know, we, we don't know her, but we're just... And we sat down front, and man, she just started prophesying over us. And she asked everybody, we're going we're gonna to pray for them. And one of the things that she prophesied was, and now here, here we were just barely in ministry, and I had a youth group that maybe had 85 to 100 kids in it. And in her prophetic words, she said, you're going to pastor a church of thousands one day. Now, it took like 20 years for that to happen. 
But I can remember sitting there saying, whatever, you know, I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I, I, you know, because I didn't have much faith for that and nor did I seek that, nor did I, you know, ask for that or want that. But I just was like, all right, well, whatever, you know, and, but it was kind of embarrassing because we felt like the spotlight was on us and everybody's praying for us. And she said some other wonderful things, but I only mentioned it to you because I know firsthand that this gift is a real gift. There are some quacks out there, sure, but there's some quacks at everything. And there's some legitimate words that God gives people. And that was very encouraging to us. But at the same time, you know, I've, I've had some weird things said to me that, you know, didn't happen. Just some interesting weird things. <laughs> I, I had one time I was getting ready to lead one of the groups here from our church to Israel. And like the day that, that we were leaving for Israel... I had a lady, and I'm not calling anybody out because they, they don't go here anymore. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but I, I had a lady say to me, hey, you know, I just, I, I feel like the Lord has shown me that something dreadful is going to happen to you on your trip to Israel. And I'm like, all right, you know, um, what do you do with that? I mean, I, you know, I'm leading a whole group of people because, you know, I'm thinking, well, if a dreadful thing happens to me and it happens like on the plane, the rest of the group's going down with me. Uh, you know, and so I didn't know what to do with it, and I wrestled with it. And then, you know, the Lord reminded, hey, a prophetic word is for the, comfort, the strengthening and uh, comfort and encouragement of the church. So I just, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't receive that. And that was like, I don't know, 10 years ago. So obviously, hello, I'm here, so it's okay. <laughs> I can remember one time years ago when we were at Simpson Middle School, and I was walking down off the stage, and I just kind of went like this to my neck because I just had a crick in my neck and the sermon was over and I was walking down to say goodbye to people and I had a lady come up to me and said, I have a prophetic word for you. Well, okay, great. She said, I, I saw what you just did. You are carrying some burdens you do not need to carry. And I thought to myself, you're the burden right now. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just have a crick in my neck. That's all I have. Don't read a prophetic word into a crick in my neck. Okay, so I just want to share, you know, that there are, there are wonderful things that are spoken in terms of a prophetic word, and there are some strange things that you need to filter. Uh, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, and be open, but discerning. And if God has given you that particular gift, be careful. I would encourage you to submit, it, submit things to people with humility, you know, you don't, you don't need to begin everything in King James English, thus saith the Lord to you. Just, just say to someone, hey, I feel like the Lord's put something on my heart for you. And sometimes it might even just be a scripture verse. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, in your own words. It can just be, hey, I was reading through scripture and I felt like the Lord put this particular verse on my heart for you. And you'd be amazed sometimes how that particular verse speaks volumes to somebody if you would just be that obedient vessel okay but if you have that gift just submit it to someone just say i feel like the lord has has put something on my heart for you might be a scripture verse it might be just like three sentences or whatever and and so i just want to say this to you now you pray about it and you decide whether or not that's from the lord okay you you, you don't have to go there there shouldn't be any ego in this it doesn't you, you can just humbly submit that and say you pray about it and if this is from the Lord, then it might be meaningful to you. If not, reject it. Just give people that liberty. Because the truth is, even though you might have that gift, we have to make room for our own flesh. And it could be a prophetic word from God, and it could also be Taco Bell. And you, you have to be careful to just submit that and say, this is what I believe the Lord wants to say to you. Open, open up. 
The Apostle Paul's message to the church in Corinth was frank and powerful. They needed to make some changes. They knew the truth of Christ because Paul had spent time planting the seeds of truth. They had begun to walk in the ways of Jesus, but they had let lies taint their steps. Those lies are common still today. Is there something you've heard from a spiritual leader that just hasn't sat right in your soul? Don't let it take root. Instead, take it to the Bible and to your Heavenly Father. Allow Him to show you what is right and what isn't, and then grow in His perfect truth and love. We're so glad you joined us today on Cornerstone Connection. Pastor Gary Hamrick will continue teaching through 1 Corinthians when you join us next time. But for now, we'd like to invite you to visit cornerstoneconnection.cc to learn more about this ministry. You'll be able to hear past teachings, connect with us on social media, and learn more about the church this program originates from. If you're in the Leesburg area, we'd love to meet you. Come visit us this Sunday at 8.30, 10, or 11.45 a.m. at Cornerstone Chapel. You'll find directions and more information on our website. Again, that's cornerstoneconnection.cc. We're excited to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in today. And we hope you'll join us again right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not alone Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise Hope is an open ocean, jump in and you'll find the cornerstones Your connection run towards your new Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.